Hi, and welcome to the FM Global Resilience is a Choice podcast. I'm Steve McGrath. Resilience, as you know, means the ability of a business or a community to withstand a potential disruption like a fire, a hurricane, or a cyber attack, and to rebound if necessary. Now, bouncing back from a disruption is great, but what if businesses were able to bounce forward? Well, we're talking today with a man who has spent his career studying exactly that. Dr. Florian Roth is a scientist at Fraunhofer Society. It's the renowned German research organization with 72 applied science institutes throughout the country. Dr. Roth has focused in large part on socio-technical resilience. He lives and works in the region of Karlsruhe. Hello, Dr. Roth. How are you? Good afternoon. Please call me Florian. Nice to be with you. What do you mean when you say bouncing forward? Bouncing forward, I think you really need to understand where resilience concepts come from. And, and for quite a long time, we focused on the ability to bounce back, which means the ability to withstand and, and absorb shocks and to recover from them and, and to get back your functionality of your organization, of your whole system after a shock. And we really want to develop this concept further with the idea of bouncing forward. So we use the shock moment and turn it into something positive by developing new capabilities. Well, that sounds really promising. Most businesses have struggled in some way, especially because of the pandemic, which is a shock of a kind. What are some strategies they can use to bounce forward? You're absolutely right. It's an enormous crisis that affects businesses, public organizations, employees. And I think the first step to, to bounce forward is to acknowledge the magnitude of the shock we are just experiencing. And, and I think we just can't continue business as usual. I think that on the one hand, be unfair to, to our employees, to the people who are working hard in, 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 in all kinds of businesses, but it also would be a lost opportunity if we just try to get back on the feet and not appreciate the lessons that these special times can teach us in the sense of that we really start to analyze, okay, what has led us into the situation that we are in now, the maybe the, the challenges we're facing in the moment, but even more like what are the capabilities that are helpful to us at this very point uh, in history. And then this, you can look at resilience on, on this very different scales from a system scale down to organization or individual psychological level. And their resilience perspective can really help us to understand, let's say you personally, what are the habits, your personal strengths that help you during this time to cope, to adapt, to get out of the situation and maintain your, your health in a sense on, on really on the long run. And I think that's really what resilience can tell you. What examples have you seen or you've been involved in or, or even a hypothetical example of how, how a company would actually do this? A lot of smart business organizations are starting a process to, to re-evaluate their business models. But also like a concrete example of um, a little startup, a friend of mine, they're building sport equipment and because in Germany, most of the gyms and, and climbing halls, they had to shut down because of the regulations. 
And so their business model was severely affected by the shutdown. But they took this moment of crisis to start a new business model, approaching customers directly with fitness equipment for people at home. So they could start exercising while they couldn't go to the gym. And that worked out really well. That's really interesting. What qualities of his business model or his personality as a leader enabled him to see and seize this opportunity, whereas you can imagine other companies would not even embrace the opportunity as much as kind of wallow in the misery and wait it out. I think what really helps in these moments of shock and crisis is certain characteristics. And resilience research has been strongly influenced by ecology research and system research studying, for example, complex ecological systems like mangrove forests or coral reefs. And by understanding and studying how different plants and animals interact in these complex systems, we've been able to identify certain characteristics. And one is the capability of adaptability, of self-organizing, of flexibility. Uh, if you look at how coral reef, for example, adapts to changes in water temperature or other environmental uh, stressors. There's no centralized steering authority that would tell the little fish at the one end of the coral reef to grow larger or the plants at the other end of the coral reef to do this or that. It's a self-organizing system and it's, it's uh, really based on a high systemic intelligence of censoring environmental signals and turning them into innovative solutions. So what happens in these systems is that in, in an experimental fashion, new innovative strategies to dealing with, with changes in the environment are being developed. If they turn out to work well, then they scale up because uh, these species are successful. So you have innovative and experimental processes going on all the time. And I think that's something like, if I had to give one recommendation to organizations that want to, to bounce forward, you have to invest in this ability to, to innovate and experiment and then give room for creativity on, on the lower scales and, and the system on a larger scale will benefit on the long run. Do you have any thoughts as to how, uh, I'm thinking of workers on the factory floor. How can I empower them to be creative and resilient and innovative and find solutions on their own without enabling them to be too autonomous and therefore see my processes get ragged? Of course, that's always a trade-off. But I think you need a certain amount of trust in your employees and you have to listen to them in the first place to understand what their ideas are. They are like the groundwork labor force and that really is also capturing the signals, what's happening there in the outside world of the organization. What are the specific requirements or interests, let's say, of, of the clients. And it's very hard to capture all these signals and to process them on, on the strategic level. So you need to use uh, your employees to understand what's happening in the outside world of, of an organization. And then to empower them to turn these signals into like, okay, what 
would you do to work with this if your if your business partners are asking for this or that how can we turn this into a potential new product and of course they potentially like an individual employee can't develop a new product on his or her own but at least you have to give them a say and you have to involve them in the innovation process i think that's really essential do you have any other examples of businesses bouncing forward? A great example of your friend with the gym. Any other examples come to mind that would help our uh, audience glom onto the concept? One of the most fascinating organizations I've been studying is the Sicilian Mafia organization, the Cosa Nostra. And this might come as a surprise, but if you give it a thought, it's it's such a fascinating organization, One about like 150 years old. It has faced so many shocks that, that their leaders have been arrested or killed. Regulation has changed, uh, for example, prohibition and so on. And, and, and they've always adapted and transformed their business models. Uh, and, and they really seem to have understood the basic lessons of, of resilience that you need a lot of self-organization. I mean, many people think of the mafia organization as something very hierarchical, but in fact, that's not true. It's 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 a lot about like self-organizing strengths or, or parts in a larger business organizations. And they've been super successful in withstanding uh, external shocks, adapting to new environments in their organization, for example, today, the Cosa Nostra started off as um, based on like bribery and, and trafficking. But today, they make a lot of money with subsidies uh, from the European Union. So they've really changed their business models again and again. And I think it's a very interesting case to study resilience. And at the same time, it tells you, it can also tell you that resilience is not necessarily always something good. I mean, you sometimes... And I think that's also important for any any business organizations that sometimes parts of a system can be very resilient, but you have to break them in order to maintain larger larger system and the resilience of the larger system. So it's important to understand that resilience is not necessarily always something desirable, but it can also be something we need to understand in order to survive and, and prosper in the long run. What are some concrete steps I can take? Who can I order to do what? That's a tricky one. Maybe, yeah, maybe I can tell you a little bit about concept paper I've been working on over the last couple of months with some colleagues. Most of them engineers, uh, some economists, but also psychologists have been involved in this concept paper. And we've tried exactly this to develop guiding principle for large companies, but also something that's helpful for smaller startups even or, or smaller companies. And one thing that I think where, where the journey towards resilience should begin is, is to analyze your own capabilities what is it that makes my organization strong so you need to develop a systemic perspective of your own business organizations and 
I think colleagues in Freiburg, they've developed, it's called Free Resilience Evaluating Tool, and it's suitable for all sizes of organizations, can help to analyze what are the needs of the organizations, what are the the capabilities that could be developed further. And based on that, you can then develop strategies to actually strengthen resilience. But there's obviously there's no one size fits all strategy for resilience because it's it's really dependent also on the context. Is the um, tool you mentioned something that any executive could try out or is it does it need a handholding from a researcher? I think that the way it is developed, it's that as a first step, you can really, as a self-evaluating tool, you can just, it's essentially like a guided questionnaire where you can like answer certain questions about how your organization has developed in the past, how it's structured, how the processes look like, how how communication works within the your business organization. And based on that, you develop a, a this systemic perspective that I mentioned. And as a next step to develop this strategy for strengthening resilience, that's where typically a research partner would come into play because it's a, it's a process that would take some, yeah, some know-how to, to guide. What is one thought that you'd uh, like our audience to think about going forward? I think we really need to think about how we take decisions and on which informations we take the decisions, the strategic decisions. And I think we really have to learn how to to behave a little bit like the coral reefs that I mentioned earlier, to trust in the strengths that we have and we have to invest in our own strengths. I think that's really key. And if you break that down to your daily routines in, in your organization, I think like it's really about giving free space to the creative minds in your company to invest in their creative potentials. And I think that will really play out on the long run. Our guest today has been Dr. Florian Roth, a scientist at Germany's Fraunhofer Society. Thank you very much, Dr. Roth. Thank you very much. Has been really great conversation. Find more Resilience is a Choice podcasts at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other streaming services. Please like, share, rate, or leave us a comment.